These are the Stanley Cup champions cheering for us. Obi could beat the fuck out of Wayne Gretzky. Could you break Wayne Gretzky's leg? Because he's 24! The smoke blinds from straight 40s before I go out for warmies. We got like half dressed and then last four, and we we're just going nuts. We're in the locker room by then. We we're just going absolutely bananas. What it do, DMV? It is episode 68 of Chirp and DMV. It is officially Hockey Week. Today is Tuesday, July 28th, and we've got three games on tap the Pens versus Flyers, Maple Leafs, Canadians, and Oilers, Calgary. Before we get into some hockey, let's say what's up to the boys. KP, let's start with you since you were absent last week. Yeah, man. Uh, had a nice vacation down in Myrtle Beach. Uh, played some golf, hung out on the beach, uh, got to relax. So. Haven't been in the loop too much until I listened to Chirp and DMV on the way back up. So you guys filled me in on everything. There we go. It. There we go. So anything, anything too crazy going down there? Like bars and stuff open? Like what's going? Uh, yeah, there? it's wide open down there. <laughs> wide. I mean, I guess it is South open. Carolina, so they really don't give a shit. No. Yeah, we didn't go anywhere. We just stayed at the house, went to the beach, cooked in every night, played golf. But uh, yeah, all the bars are wide open. No mask. You know, it's another life. Love it. <laughs> Down south, baby. AB, what's up with you, man? Just getting back from New Hampshire. Kind of rested. Actually, we t- uh, Scott and I went to go test drive some Teslas today. Oh, no shit. How was that? Uh, it was pretty cool. Teslas are pretty dope, but we didn't, we didn't hop in the sport. Um, we test drove Model Y, and we sat in, like, the Model 3 or something like that, which uh, are – more like like SUV type uh, Teslas, I guess. I mean, they're not they're not like built for speed. You know what I mean? Built for comfort, not for speed, baby. Yeah. Built for driving on a computer. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, good time in New Hampshire, man. The yearly the yearly trip up there. Me, you, Grip, Daddy Kane, the Crep Boys. Uh, the the normal ride Thursday night. I mean Wednesday night through the night. Get there like what one or two a.m. You and Al pretty much crushed an entire bottle of vodka. Yeah, that was. <laughs> it was one of the big, you know, the big things at Tito's, KP, like the big ones. Like the, the handle. The, yeah, they got one of those. The leader. We got one in Philly, and they finished it before we got to New Hampshire. <laughs> Just those two. Uh, Crep had one, and Griff had one. Yeah, Crep and Griff had a couple, but um, or some, but yeah, like we opened it up, and I don't know what Al was trying to do. Like literally, less than ten minutes in the car ride, he just breaks the top off. He's like, oh. Guess yeah, he went to, like, drink. screw it on too tight, and it just, like, shattered the top because it was a plastic top. And it's like, guess we got to drink this entire thing. And Jesus. We finished the whole thing on the way there. Yes. How many piss stops did you have? We stopped three times on the way there, only once on the way back. Yeah. So, wow. yeah, got up there around, like, 1.30, stayed up to, like, 5, drinking, and then it's wake up, <clears throat> booze all day on the boat, tubing, wakeboarding, paddling, floating, fishing. I don't know, you name it. Friday night, we like, <laughs> like once a once a week there, we'll, or once every time we go up there, we'll just go and like take the boat out at like midnight or something and just kind of chill, look at the stars, have a couple beers, do that type of thing. And at first, like a, a boat flip, flips its light on and we're like, fuck, is that DNR? Because uh, AB's wow. parents like got in trouble the other weekend when they were up there. His mom got in trouble by DNR when they were up vacationing a couple weeks ago. So we're like, fuck, dude, is that DNR? We're like sitting here crushing beers and stuff. And it wasn't. So we keep driving to get away from that boat. And we just hear like Afro man, wasn't it? Just like rippling yeah, across the water. Not. And we saw, we saw two boats up there. We're like, fuck it, dude. And we just pulled up and it was a whole bunch of 
just local local New Hampshire kids. They were like 24-ish, I guess, and they were just partying on two pontoon boats. So we just tied up and fucking let her rip tater chip. <laughs> that was crazy. Courtesy of Cody. The uh, the what, what do you say? He he works he works hard to play harder, dude. Yeah, and then let her rip tater chip. Uh, it's a bunch of local kids that I don't think have ever left that lake in their lives. They didn't yeah. understand the concept that AB had a house at the lake, but didn't live at the house. Yeah, they were like, "Wait, so you have a house here, but you you don't live here?" Like, no, dude. Like, you ever heard of a vacation home? Like, we got one. Sorry. They were they were fucking clueless, man. But it was yeah. a good time. It was a good time, and then the rest it, of it. Um, we hit Chucksters. Uh, I smacked everyone in mini golf. Chucksters, yeah, I got to go to Chucksters, and uh, we were drinking some Pink Whitney's on the course there. Yeah, I absolutely destroyed everyone. And Saturday, Saturday we were out on the water from probably like ten thirty a.m. till about six. Five. Yeah, yeah. five thirty or six, and it wiped us the fuck out. Oh, we were in bed by ten thirty Saturday night. Yeah, we we went out early. Uh, took her up to the upper lake. The lake is like separated into two sections, like. There's an upper and a lower. Mm-hmm. We're on the lower part. We got to go through a bridge to get up to the upper. There's a rope swing up there, so we chilled up there. Um, like, I I hit the rope swing just a couple of times, and then we just chilled there, um, anchored down, just drank beers, probably till about, like, from, like, 1030 to, like, 2. Yeah. And, and went in for lunch for, like, an hour, went back out and, like, kayaked and stand-up paddled and canoed and shit out to, like, these rocks in the middle of the lake. Until chilled like there. six. Yeah, chilled there till like six and then came back. We were just toast. Yeah. So all around good trips. Weekend our vacations at the same time for the boys. Let's get into the important stuff here. Let's get into hockey. KP, let's start with the main news. Ilya Samsonov per Tark Elbashir has sustained an injury. Uh, he will not travel to Toronto and will remain in Washington to continue treatment. So the team expects him to be healthy for next season. Quote from Todd Reardon, it is disappointing for the player. It's disappointing for us. He's a guy that's a really good young prospect for us. I thought he's made some strides and obviously put together a pretty good run this year. To be without him is certainly disappointing. Uh, and that quote goes on, and you can read into that more. But, yeah, it's it's. I guess he was injured before the postseason even started, and the Caps are keeping it on the wrap. They're not saying what it is. But, yeah, KP, what are your thoughts on that? Um, my thoughts are exactly what you said last week. I think he got hurt dancing with Kuznetsov's daughter on TikTok. TikToking. I think yeah. he got hurt TikToking for sure. Um, but in all seriousness, I think this just helps Todd Reardon out, makes his job a lot easier on which goalie he's got to start. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he, he said – Todd himself said back in June when this all started that Hope he is our number one, but he also – said that it's going to be a competition and you never know what's going to happen in camp and I mean maybe we thought it was corona the entire time just because like there was no rumblings news whatsoever about him being hurt and he seemed fine and then now here we are with Hopi obviously being the number one but having the pressure now of having to have one of those signature 2018 Hopi postseasons because your next best option is not your phenomenal rookie goalie it's either of the two Hershey guys and Copley or Vanacek yeah I mean I've I don't think it was ever a question that Holby was going to start anyway. Um, but this was kind of, I don't want to say a perfect scenario because obviously all of this has sucked, but it was kind of a, a, a great scenario for Samsonov to get playoff experience in these first three round robin games. Like I would have liked for him to play like a game or a game and a half mm-hmm. in, in one of the first three um, to get a semi playoff type feel into his system because he still hasn't gotten that yet um and at least in the nhl and 
who knows how Holpe was going to perform. Like if he performed pretty poorly, we we throw in Samson uh, Samsonov in like game three or something. Like we're down 0-2. We are like, all right. The, the comfort uh, level is much higher going to Samsonov. Right. Um, now, uh, I mean – Copper's our guy right now, so I mean, we I think I think we we can trust him. Us three, us three can definitely trust Copper to come in. And oh uh, yeah, we peppered his stats on the episode we had him on. Yeah, so uh, we listening to him. He sounded like he he was confident if he got that chance. I I feel like he would he would do well. Yeah, we're definitely rooting for Copper to uh, get this get this backup role, Uh, and um, hopefully we won't need to go to our backup. Hopefully, Holpe picks up where he left off because i think he left off pretty well honestly very strong yeah um he picked up as the team went down right i think uh, i think towards the end there like in his in that last stretch he had like a 908 save percentage which doesn't sound great but it's it was like the team in front of him was playing awful so if the team wasn't playing so bad his save percentage probably would have been close to like a nine two like a nine two um but again the team was playing awful he was sitting there like stealing kind of stealing games for us even when we are playing shitty and we only had like what seven wins in our last like 20 games or something stupid like that so um yeah i thought i think it was hopey the whole way through and hopefully hopey can continue to find that playoff success i mean he always has playoff success it feels yeah, like for sure do you how much do you guys think that this last ride is going to play an effect. You think that's going to be in Holpe's head at all? He's got to um, like, if he plays well, maybe he'll get re-signed. You never know. I don't, I don't think that's the way he looks at games. I think he is like, yeah, I think he focuses he on so what, in the zone. Yeah. What's at, yeah. What's in front of him. I don't think he lets any, like anything adjust his game. He's like, Oh man, this might be my last time as a capital ever. Um, yeah, that's probably the last thing that's going to go through his mind, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think he compartmentalizes that stuff, like, pretty well. Um, so, but who knows? I mean, this, again, as as much as we have said this, this is a very new scenario that no one has ever gone through. Mm-hmm. So, I, I hope, hope he's definitely a bit of a mental case sometimes. Yeah. But, like, I think he's so focused on the game at hand that he, he doesn't let the background noise uh, – affect him what he does let affect him is people crashing the crease really hard and him getting like barely nicked and then he flops all over the place to try to get a penalty that's what that's what affects him you know what i mean yeah i agree and then he gets thrown off his game or some like dumbass goal will get him uh kind of rattled a bit too but then when he's hot he's hot like you mentioned i mean we go back to 2018 game six and seven in the conference finals and popping into that but yeah i think the cover level is a big thing for us i think we're fine with it I don't think there's much of an issue turning the copper or VTech if that's the case. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, shoot, we might as well just get right into that now. Let's talk about our first game here Wednesday, tomorrow, 4 p.m. Todd Reardon's already said that we're going to play Hopi for the first two periods and then hasn't said he's going to play for the third. So I like kind of how that setup is. A.B., what are your thoughts on how we're approaching that first game versus Carolina and then kind of what you're looking back at the season as a whole versus him? What do you think? Uh, I think it, I mean, it makes sense. You want to get everyone going. Um, do you think they're playing my, my uh, bigger question for me is, do you think they're playing like, st- like superstar? Like, I, I think OV will play, but what about like Oshi? Do you think Oshi will play? Do you think Backstrom will play? 
guys who were kind of hurt earlier this year or not hurt, but like, I don't know. Do you think, do you think they're going to rest them or do you think they're going to just go uh, the entire starting lineup for this game? I think you kind of have to go starting lineup. I mean, Kyle, I'll let you take it, but I feel like you have to play them somewhat just to get them ready. Yeah. You, I, I would think you go starting lineup just cause you want to get them in the jump. You want to get them playing hundred percent trying to get back into that game speed trying to get that feel back and i mean those four we're only getting four games so i mean getting this is kind of like a fifth one in my eye like everyone's getting five games best of five series this is kind of like we're getting to play a fifth game here we need fourth. to take it serious this would be fourth what oh yeah, yeah we get three so then four all right well then even better we need four so looking at the four games we played against them this year i mean october 5th beginning of the season hurricanes beat us in ot uh, let's see, December 28th, we lose 6-4 to four to the Canes, so that's up to nothing on them. We beat them January 3rd, AB the game we went to 4-3. to three. Um, And then January 13th, we beat them 2 to nothing. Obviously, a team we kind of struggle with, I would say, as of the last two years. I mean, maybe you've hammered it home 100 times about how we just can't figure out their fork check or anything of that nature. So I kind of like this as a tune-up game for us. It's a good exhibition game. It kind of gets us on our feet and gets us going, but um, – yeah, what are your thoughts coming into this? Are you putting too much merit into it if we beat the Canes in an exhibition game, or how are you looking at it? Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, I would like us to win, but I, I'm not gonna like freak out if we don't win or anything like that. Uh, I think you put it, you put it perfectly. I think it's a great tune-up game for us. It's, it's a matchup that we seem to struggle with, so I'd rather see them struggle off the off the bat and kind of get kick them into gear a little bit and get them a little pissed off and ready to go for these next three games uh, to get the highest seed possible for this. I mean, that's, that's to keep it short and simple there, but. Yeah. KP, do you think there's any difference in us playing the Canes? And if it was like us playing say Toronto or Florida or something, just kind of some, I mean, it's an exhibition game. It is what it is. Like you said, we're only playing hoping for the first two periods anyway. I think I've seen that we are going to play some of our starters, but I think that third period might be kind of a mixed match as well. I haven't looked into the specifics of it, but do you think there's any difference in us playing the Canes and somebody else? No, not for this game, just because I don't think Todd Reardon's going to do anything special for the Hurricanes or he would have done anything special for the Leafs or he would have done anything special for any other team. I think they're just going to go try to play their game. Uh, if they get power play, penalty kill opportunities, take advantage of those, getting those units out there, uh, getting Holpe some shots and getting the defense maybe – like you said, it, maybe it is a good thing that we're playing Carolina, I guess, for breakout, if you want to look at it that way. But I don't, I don't think there's a big difference because I don't think we're going to go in playing any kind of different style. Yeah, I, I like what you mentioned there about uh, penalty killing and power playing and working on that because I think Saturday, uh, whatever day it was, I was reading that pretty much the Caps, a lot of what they worked on was just special teams. And then going back to what – that guy Blake just wrote on the blog. I don't know if you guys saw, but why playoff penalty killing will be more important than normal this year uh, and why that benefits the cap. So I think special teams is going to be play a bigger part than it usually does. I think you're going to see teams with a little bit higher power play percentage than you usually do in the playoffs. Or, I mean, you look at a caps team that might be like a 26% on the power play, but every team seemingly drops three to 4% when the playoffs come around. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I also think, the refs might call this way differently than any other playoffs because um, – A little tighter or a little looser? Well, I think they'll call it tighter. I think um, they call it tight at the very beginning of seasons usually. Um, right. You start seeing a lot of penalties because they're, they're, they're fresh. They're, they're kind of focused on almost every little thing. 
And I mean, just like the just like the players, the refs are pretty exhausted after an A two game season too. I bet. I mean, they have to deal with all the players' bullshit. They're probably getting chirped every fucking game, um, so they're probably a little mentally worn and physically worn as well as the players at through an eighty two game season. So they, I don't know if it's like I, I'm sure they're not trying to do this, but I'm sure in the back of their heads they're just like, you know what, just fuck it, like let it play, let the boys kind of go here and let's not like make the game about us here whereas now I mean they get their rest um so they're gonna be mentally mentally tougher uh physically tough or physically stronger too as well during these uh playoffs I think the rest will call it a little more strict I can definitely see that I mean yeah, I guess it's all it's all what we're going to see. And I think, <laughs> like we said, we're not refs. So we don't know how much it plays in it, but they don't have fans booing down on them and right. this, that, and the other and kind of encouraging some calls, you know. That, that honestly could a 1,000%, yeah, like play into effect in this game or in, in these playoffs. I can definitely see that. So, but, Especially for refs. Like, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, speaking of no fans – They've, they've posted the pictures of the Edmonton and Toronto rink, the final pictures. Have you guys seen what the kind of the setup in there looks like? No. Uh, I have not. I saw like one, yeah, I saw like a couple pictures, but I didn't, I didn't like – I mean, they're pretty sick looking. I mean, across the benches, they got – I think it's a massive video wall. So it doesn't look like you're in a massive empty arena. It's just kind of like just video and stuff. Um, I was reading like the league has created a concierge system by working with outside delivery companies. Uh, the layouts are crazy. I mean, the guys are starting to get there now. You can check some of their Insta stories out. Uh, there's apparently like 12 new cameras maybe is what I read because, you know, you're limited when there's fans in the arena of what you can get footage of and kind of where you can set cameras up. But now that's not an issue. So they can set that up literally everywhere. There's LED screens, monitors, stages around the ice to create this unique television friendly look. So each team's also sending goal horns, goal songs, in arena music and motivational videos. So like caps will be sending in Unleash the Fury. So if it's like mid third and we're the home team designated, we can fucking pop that in and, let it go. So there's, I mean, it's a lot, it's, it's, it's looking pretty cool. I mean, I've seen some pictures and videos of the practice rooms and this type of stuff. And I think it just looks pretty awesome. That's sick about the camera angles. Get some sick videos of some dangles and some snipes from different, uh, different looks. That could be pretty cool. Yeah. You kind of almost got to imagine they can set it up like a winter classic type and have one that goes over the ice. Maybe I'm not too sure, but right. I feel like the possibilities are kind of endless with that. And, um, Speaking of that, keeping on the kind of the same pace here with cameras. So they're talking about, I think they're going to have to, I think they are, but a five second delay in audio. So you obviously can't hear cursing and fucking and this, that, and the other. Fuck that. Let it go. <laughs> yeah. 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 You wish you could do that. Uh, so they're going to have guys mic'd up. Not mic'd up, but you're going to hear no. everything. Yeah. I bet they might have That's some. That's true. I mean, I bet you would have maybe one or two guys per team mic'd up just because. They should definitely stick with it. the whole content and social media they're trying to get out of this. Yeah, it's it's easy clips. Guys say funny shit all the time. Yeah, for sure. So last thing here, Carlson said that on 106.7, the fan, that the team's got some type of dress code they're going to adhere by, but they're not going to wear suits because obviously you don't do that in the middle of summer. It's obnoxious. The Minnesota Wild are wearing like team polos and kind of nice pants. The Toronto Maple Leafs, I don't know if you saw them today getting in on their bus, but they all had team polos on, but – <laughs> their pants they just had all team sweatpants on so they were just all rocking sweatpants and polos so i mean K- kp i'll start with you if you're a captain kind of what would you mandate your team dress code to be if you had one for these playoffs i mean just kind of 
it's going to be hot. So maybe like a t-shirt, everybody get a t-shirt or a polo. That's the same. And then just say like khaki shorts or the certain capitals gym shorts, just like, as long as you match, I, I think that goes well. You look good. You look uniform. If, they, if that's, if they want to be a team, that that's what you got to do. Have mm-hmm. you match and up and down. Maybe. I don't, I'm not going to lie. Like I, I, I think it should, it goes by team on uh, team by team basis. I think like some teams that make sense, um, to, I don't know, I guess, like, match and, like, be wearing, like, a Caps polo and, and khakis or something like that. Um, I think it would make sense for that. But, like, dude, if we saw the Toronto Maple Leafs walk in and they were just, like, they were just, like, all right, no dress code. Y'all can wear whatever the fuck you want. Like, I would love to see what Austin Matthews strolls in wearing. Sweatshorts, tank top. Dude, now, not now even you're like, thinking. That's fucking like that's a really bathing good idea. suit flip flops. Yeah, he's just ro- rolling in bathing suit flip flops with like a, a Hawaiian shirt, like unbuttoned all the way. <laughs> so I know Straight you guys don't watch, but uh, in the PLL they do that. They have the guys rolling in the buses, and it's like a big thing. They take the clips from it. And they yeah, I saw Romy get off the bus in sweatshorts. Yeah, it was like they they just let the guys do whatever they want. Like I guess maybe not this year, but last year guys were rolling up with like old lacrosse jerseys, like. Seeing like Austin Matthews with a cool like basketball jersey rolling in something like that, I think that would be cool. Guys yeah. being able to show off their style a little bit, I do like that. Yeah, that's, that sure would be fly. But I mean, I, for for other teams, it makes sense. Like, it, yeah, it's whatever you're going for, I guess. You're like a the younger team, team. Yeah, I would say the younger teams can do that. Like maybe like the Rangers would be able to pull that off. Pull oh, Hank uh, would fall out. Get Maple Leafs. Um, honestly, the Yotes. The Yotes would be a cool team to see that. Uh, yeah. See them do that. Oh. That'd be sick if they let them all wear like Kachina type shirts. Yeah, just fucking, just strolling in flip flops, flip flops, uh, bringing in the bags and the sticks. I don't know, just like how I dress for fucking uh, adult league. Like half the time, <laughs> half the time we had games, I was coming in in flip flops. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I always did because you're just going in to like change. Why would you? Why would I wear socks and tennis shoes to take all that shit off and put new ones on and then take all that shit off? Plus, once like I get out of the shower after the game. And my feet are all wet still. I'm just like tossing flip-flops on, get in the car, and I'm outie. Yeah, I'm just chilling, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I kind of – yeah, I don't hate that. I don't hate, like, going back to, like, peewee bandoms and just have, like, team warm-ups. Just rock those over to the rink. Like yeah. Kyle said, just look kind of uniform, look kind of official. But, mm-hmm. um, all right, so we said we weren't going to have any interviews, but we got uh, Coach Green from the Baltimore Banners ice hockey team on. They just had their documentary come out Sunday, not just a game. Uh, so, with that being said, let's kick it over to him. <laughs> All right, guys, we now welcome on one of the assistant coaches for the Baltimore Banners Ice Hockey Program located there in Baltimore, Maryland. Skating out of the Mimi DiPietro Ice Rink, uh, Antoine Green. He's here to talk about the program itself and the Not Just a Game documentary coming up about one of their players that's going to be released on July 26th, premiered on July 26th. If you're listening, it's Tuesday, two days later, so go check it out. But Antoine, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you, bud? Not too bad. Glad to talk to you guys. Saw your tweet pop up two weeks ago and was like, wow, watch the, watch the preview for the documentary. So let's start right there. Let's talk about not just the game itself. It's about one of your players, Savage. So let's talk about how the you know, documentary itself came into play, how it got started, and uh, kind of the time frame it takes place in. Okay. Um, well, the documentary came in place. We were, we were actually coming off the ice after, uh, um, after a scrimmage. And uh, and I just have, I, I like to record the kids when they're on the ice and when they're coming off. And uh, I started recording all the kids and Savage stopped to talk to Noel, the director. And uh, it was just, uh, it was just great audio and video of him talking about how great the program is and how it keeps them out of trouble and uh, how, 
how how much he really enjoys coming and playing and learning hockey and and it it kind of spawned from there and uh kind of took it to miles who's the who's the guy who actually put the whole video together and 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 uh he it was just it was, it was just great it was just great to see how it evolved so that. savage wilson really pre-picked or predetermined to be part of the documentary he just happened to come off the ice that one day and just give a hell of a hell of an interview there and was well spoken and that's what you guys decided to go with exactly well there wasn't even a um a a, a uh, idea to have a documentary at that point it was just me oh. videotaping the kids coming off and, and then the idea came from from actually having savage talk and on and, uh, during that video so how did the idea kind of play out itself we, what was there a couple different options because i know you guys i think the the basis of the the premises of the documentary is you kind of follow him throughout an entire season almost kind of detail not only his personal perspective but kind of the baltimore program's aspect as a whole so was there a couple ideas thrown around about how you go about making this documentary or kind of what was the basis behind that yeah the um well savage is also uh i know you've heard the stories of squeegee kids around baltimore he's mm -hmm. actually one of those as well and uh and that was how he found out about our program uh he he was doing that and our director happened to be uh circling around the area and he, he told the guy uh told the kids hey you want to you want to come come and do some uh some ice hockey and and that was how savage got involved he's actually great he's actually brought his brother in which is another uh awesome thing his brother loves the loves the program as well and uh it, it it just came about with uh we loved his story i mean he's 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 a kid who was homeless before and 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 he's he's working hard to to get himself and his brother um a good life and 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 it's just a great story you he's somebody that you want to help you 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 want to see grow and you want to see uh uh make it yeah for sure it's it's one of those situations like i mean we're all familiar with baltimore and the area and like how rough it can be on people we've seen it on you know the wire and you see it yes. on the news and everything so it's it's a tough situation and even baltimore itself is not uh, the dmv yeah we're growing as a hockey community but baltimore itself is not known as a hockey hotbed whereas like you guys play out a mimi di pietro rink right there in patterson park it's not the mm -hmm. best rink in the world. It's the bubble right there in the park. But outside of that, there's not too many rinks outside of maybe Ice World, but that's all the way up in Abingdon or whatever. And then maybe Park, one more. County, so yes. mm -hmm. the, the, the luxury of going to a rink is kind of scarce for you guys too. Oh, absolutely. We, we only have two in the city. We have the, um, we have the Petrie and we have uh, Mount Pleasant. Uh, right, and those right. are the only two rinks in, in, in Baltimore at all. And unless you, like you said, you go to Town or you go to down to Laurel, but our kids, we, we kind of concentrate in East Baltimore because uh, our coaches, we all go pick the kids up from their houses before okay, practice. Gotcha. We pick the kids up from their houses, and that gives us a chance to mentor them as we're driving them to the range. So we're able to talk to them and have some conversations about what's going on in their lives to and from the rink. And, uh, and then after we do a practice or a scrimmage or sometimes a game, it's rare to get games, but we're, we're starting to pick up and get games a lot. And... Uh, and we would we would do that, and we would go and take them to lunch afterwards, and uh, then we would take them back home. Dude, love it, love it. So yeah, just doing everything to help these kids out. Um, yes. We'll get into we'll get into the, the the program itself more a little bit in depth here in a minute. But like I said, we're two days after the premiere. I believe you guys premiered at the Peel. Am I saying that correctly? Right yes. there in Baltimore. Um, yes. Where can people now go and watch this documentary? Is it going to be on your Twitter site? I'm sure. Uh, where yes. else is it going to be posted anywhere else? 
there will be a link on our Twitter site. And of course, every coach and, and, and friend of ours is, is uh, reposting it all over Facebook. So you can definitely find it. You can go on our Tender Bridge, the Tender Bridge uh, uh, Facebook page. You can find it there. Um, and, uh, and definitely on Twitter. Our Twitter page is, uh, is, is where we first started the, uh, the, uh, the, where we first put out the link. Right, right. Love it. Mm -hmm. So have you seen the full documentary yet yourself? Yes, I have. All right, what's, I the, best, what's the best part of it? Um, what's the, the best, best clip? <laughs> <laughs> the best clip is, uh, is, is the end of the game against the Baltimore Police Department team, the Sentinels, uh, and seeing all the kids after a last-second shot and our kids winning the game and them jumping all over each other. Uh, that was the best clip for me. Um, and, and just to see uh, Savage tell his story, because if you listen to him, he is a Baltimore kid. That mm -hmm. is what most of these kids are going through in this city. And I think that uh, I, I can't hardly pick a, a, a scene that is more powerful than his whole story because right, I right. see them, I see the whole thing. I grew up in East Baltimore myself. So mm -hmm. uh, I, I know, you know, what these kids are going through and, and, and the challenges that they're facing. For sure. So let's get a little bit into the program itself. I mean, when did Baltimore Banners kind of get started? And yeah, I know you've touched on it a little bit, but kind of what all else is offered to the kids? I mean, I'm sure you guys have to go around and try to find equipment uh, to help these mm -hmm. kids because I'm sure they're not going out and buying, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars worth of hockey equipment because we know it's, you know, one of the most expensive sports to play. So how do you guys, how do you guys fund the ice time? How do you guys fund the equipment and all that type of stuff? Yes. Don't I know it? I have a son who plays uh, yeah. and he's a goalie. So, okay, so, so you really know then. Yeah, <laughs> I really know. Um, and uh, well, we, um, well, the banner started, I think about 14 years ago. Uh, Mark Carner was the, uh, was the uh, guy who actually started the, the, the banners program. It kind of, uh, it, uh, it came off of uh, another program, the Baltimore Stars, which was uh, which, which right, only right. operated on uh, on on Sunday on Sundays, but they only did smaller kids. Well, we had a group of kids that were kind of aging out of that group, and we were saying, okay, what are we going to do with these kids? And so that's when we started the banners, and uh, and 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 we had the kids uh, from 14 to adulthood. And uh, and those are the kids that we that we try to help now because we didn't just want to you know drop them. Uh, these kids need, still needed help. They still needed mentorship. So uh, that was how we uh, the banners kind of got started. And uh, and then um, how we do fundraising. We just do fundraising and we 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 ask for donations. And mm -hmm. like you said, we get a lot of donations from programs around Bowie, from uh, uh, the, the Howard Huskies, from uh, mm -hmm. from hockey moms who always want to yeah, clean out their closets. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, uh, so we, we get a lot of donations from people like that. We've pretty much funded ourselves. Everyone on the board donates. Um, and, uh, and just from, from good hearted people who, who understand what we're doing and, and, and want to help out. Love it. Love it. Yeah. So that's, it's so how many players exactly are in the program? I mean, I feel like there's gotta be more and more every year almost. And is it just one team or do you guys have like kind of multiple age groups team or you just have everybody from 14 to adult kind of on the team together? We just have everybody from 14 till adult. We have guys who just learned how to skate, and we have some guys who are who are pretty good skaters. Uh, and and they have evolved. I've been doing this for 12 years, um, volunteering there for about 12 years, and uh, so some of these kids are really good. Um, uh, my son actually plays on a, a club team for UMBC, and some of the kids oh, nice. went out. And yeah. And some of the kids went out and practiced with his team and, and the coaches there were like, oh, oh my goodness, you know, they, <laughs> some of these kids cannot come play for us. So, uh, yeah, they, they've gotten really good. But we got about uh, 26 who show up. Okay. Uh, we got as many as 30. 
and uh, and we get them in and out. We don't like to let them go because some of them are, are are older. Maybe they're still 21 or 22. Mm-hmm. We kind of get them to come back and help out the program. So some of them are turning into coaches now, and they're they're starting to help out. Uh, and uh, and we're always looking for new kids. We try to concentrate in East Baltimore, so it makes it easier for us to be able to mm-hmm. pick the kids up and bring them to the rink. And when it comes to games, you kind of just guys just reach out to local teams, kind of in that same age range, and kind of like maybe the house level or the lower teams or something and kind of just play whoever you can play or you got teams reaching out to you or how's that work um well at first it was very tough because uh i, I I'm, I'm actually the guy who actually tried to who's, who's uh, in charge of scheduling the games so uh i started reaching out to some of the adult men's teams and some of them came and played us um and then i would reach out like my son played for um byh baltimore youth hockey and his team would come and play them and uh, we would get uh, the Huskies would come, the Metro Maple Leafs would come, nice. and the Tucker and the Tucker Road Ducks have been incredible friends of ours. Uh, right, anytime right. we need a game, anytime we need anything, they 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 have been incredible to us in uh, 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 helping us to grow and to uh, and to um, and to just to get game scheduled. And now we're getting a lot. Now uh, we just had a game with the Baltimore Police Department. The Sentinels was great. We had some schedule before COVID with uh, mm-hmm. the Baltimore Fire Department, and that didn't happen because of COVID. And then, well, Prince George's County Fire Department came up and played us. We have one coach that that's uh, that's actually a, a member of that team, and and he got them to come up and play, and that was a pretty decent game too. So, uh, we we want to form that great relationship between uh, our players and. Uh, and uh, first responders, because you know, you know that that especially in Baltimore City, that relationship is kind of uh, hard right now. So uh, doing these games and, and mm-hmm. having that uh, pushed along, it, it helps out a lot. Yeah, that's massive. So, kind of, what's your background in hockey? Did you get into it through the Baltimore uh, Banners, or did you kind of have a little bit of a background yourself coming in, or how did all that play out? Absolutely not. I'm a baseball <laughs> guy. I love baseball. Um, played it most of my life. Um, my nephews, who were actually in the program. Uh, Earl mm-hmm. and Ian, Earl and Ian Thomas, they were actually in the program and they would come out and play with my boys who were around the same age. And they said, why don't you bring them down to play hockey? And mm-hmm. then first I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> and then we, we brought them down and my kids loved it. And uh, the one who actually plays for UMBC uh, club team, he, 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 he didn't want to play baseball anymore, which was all he's ever done. He was uh, right. playing high school, playing high school rec and uh, and travel baseball. And he said, "Dad, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to play hockey." So, uh, so we became a hockey family. I, I had no background in hockey at all. I'm just learning how to skate. So, <laughs> so, uh, so um, what do you see as like kind of the biggest challenge for you as a coach? I mean, maybe whether it just be in hockey as a whole or with the Baltimore Banners program, I mean, what, what kind of challenges do you face kind of on a daily basis? Cause I mean, for you, it's probably, it's, it, it's more so just going in and making an impact on kids and it is, you know, teaching them the game and this, that, and the other. And yes. Yeah. For, for me, it's, it's, it's all about making an impact for the kids. Um, hockey is the conduit that we use to get them there. It's the lure. It's, it's, it's whatever uh, you want to <laughs> say to use. But um, that that's that's just how we get them there, in my opinion. We have a lot of coaches who have a hockey background. That's what they do, you know. Um, I do a lot of the stuff that, that that's directly dealing with the kids. Like we do a program called Bridge to Independence, which is a, which is a, a, a little uh, tentacle off of off of uh, off of the Banners program that that now that we had kids that are getting older, we are teaching them through this program that we mm-hmm. uh, formed to 
do job applications and to learn how to do interviews and to learn and just to learn about themselves, to learn what triggers them and to try and get them to be able to sit down in, in front of an interviewer. And so we're, we're doing things like that. And that's what I am uh, are mainly involved in. I do the equipment. I'm the kind of the equipment manager as well um, and, and, and help out that way. But um, the on ice stuff, I leave to the guys who know what they're doing. <laughs> I will get out there. Um, we do a, <laughs> we actually do a, a game at the end of the season where we do a players versus coaches. And I actually put uh -oh, my yeah. son's, I put my son's goalie gear on this time, and I actually uh, got out there. To, and the kids loved it. They they actually loved me in a in the goalie gear. And, uh, yeah, all they want to do is score on coach. Oh, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I wouldn't allow it. Love I, it. I, I yeah, it, <laughs> it kind of reminds me of um, what's the quote? I want to say it's Frederick Douglass, maybe, where it's like it's easier to build strong children than it is yes. to repair broken men. Yes, and, that is um, So I feel like you guys. I mean, obviously you'll take anybody, but I feel like, you know, especially in the Baltimore area, you want to try to get to these kids as young as possible before, you know, I mean, we all know that the issues in Baltimore and what can happen uh, to at-risk mm -hmm. youth and everything. So I feel like you, you, is there, do you guys maybe go out to like local boys and girls clubs or anything like that, or just try to find kids that may be in a bad situation and be like, Hey, here's a sport called hockey. I know you've mm -hmm. probably never heard of it <laughs> and you know what the hell goes on, but let's give right. it a try and see what happens here. Well, what we do is we try to get the, the kids that are already in the program, they know other at-risk kids. So right. we try to get them to bring their friends along and to get those kids in. And usually when when other kids see us picking up the other kids and see them with their banners, uh, sweatshirts on, and they see them with their sometimes their gear, they, 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 they want to see what's going on. So they, they, they want to they be a part of it. They want to learn. Um, hockey is hard. It's hard mm -hmm. to learn, and and a lot of these kids, you know, it gives them a lot of confidence after they um, after they get out there on that ice to uh, start skating and, and know that they can do it. They, we also do, actually do a sailing program in the summertime as well, with with the with the kids as well. We wanted to try and find something different so we can keep them engaged all year round because before mm -hmm. it was just hockey, then it stopped. Yeah, I feel so like now. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. No, no, no. So, so, so now we kind of do a sailing program, which is another sport that uh, mm -hmm. most inner city kids never get a chance to do. Uh -huh. And these kids, they do great. They do great at it. They, they taught me. So I went out there and uh, they actually taught me how to, how to do some sailing. You're learning how to play goalie, learning how to sail. Man, you're gonna be... And I'm learning from, from these young men, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, master of all <laughs> things here soon enough, athletics. But um, yeah, like you mentioned, that, that, that's kind of something that I didn't think about either. So like you guys go to pick them up and you see you may see, maybe some other kid looks over and sees six or seven kids rocking a banners sweatshirt. Like, damn, that's sweet. And they got hockey yeah. sticks in hand. Like, don't know what that is, but I want to go see what's going on and <laughs> check that this. out. But yeah, very cool. Coach, we really appreciate you coming on, man, and telling us about it. We hope the premiere went well. Uh, so kind of tell us quickly here, where can everybody follow you guys? Where can people donate? Where can they learn more about the program and all that? Well, we, we have a link to our to, to donate on the Tender Bridge Facebook page. And you can also find us on um, on Twitter, um, the Tender Bridge and Banners Hockey. You can find us there as well. Um, uh, both places have links to our uh, to to our um, to our donation page. And also when when they see the documentary, um, we have actual links and stuff that is right up on the documentary that you, that you can find. So uh, it's, if you look for it at the end, you'll be able to see how to donate. And uh, and if you need uh, gear or if you have gear or anything like that, just contact us and, and, and we'll come. We just had a, a, a member of the police department give us a whole set of goalie gear. It was, it was
awesome. That's that's probably the most expensive stuff that we need to have. And they gave us the whole full set. So for sure, it's so, it's, it's, it's it's really picking up. Love to see that. So, Coach Green, we greatly appreciate you coming on, talking about the Banners program, talking about the documentary. Everybody, go watch it. I'll be. I watched it last night. Since we're recording about a week before, I'm going to watch it Monday as soon as you guys release it, and I can't wait to check it out. And uh, thanks again, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thanks a lot. Thanks again for Coach Green coming on. Awesome story there. Awesome documentary. It's a must-watch. Go follow them on Twitter. Uh, check out their website. It's an incredible program there in Baltimore for at-risk youth kids uh, playing the game of hockey. But, guys, let's get into it. We got to, we're getting to the East qualifier previews. But um, let's talk about this first, the NHL's newest team, the Seattle Kraken. We got the news over the weekend. Maybe we were on the boat when we found out. Thoughts on the name, thoughts on the logo, thoughts on the jerseys, thoughts on the color scheme. I mean, I, I kind of fuck with it. Yeah, uh, I agree. I mean, the jerseys look pretty sweet. I like the color scheme a lot. Their logo – I like the logo. I I don't like dislike the logo, but I thought it could have been a little better. better. Yeah. What were we saying this weekend? It looks like the S that you would write like in school. Yeah, the the three the three lines <laughs> and you connect the lines. Yeah. Um, KP, what are your thoughts on the jerseys? Uh, they're kind of fresh. I mean, I'd buy a uh, like AB said. The, the logo could have been unreal. better. Yeah. The colors are unreal. That's that's what does it for me. I'm I guess I uh, I kind of am with AB. They could have done a little better with the S with the logo a little bit. But I think they hit it spot on with those fucking colors and with the name. I love the name. I think it fits Seattle perfect. Um, I might be getting the jersey. I don't know. They're sweet. Oh, well, are you going to get the jersey when they take TJ Oshie? Or Holpe. <laughs> or Holpe. I uh, love it. But, yeah, I, I'm cool with it. I like it. it. Like I said, it is what it is. Like, like AB said, they could have been a little cooler with the front logo or maybe at least give us a cool secondary one because it's just an anchor with the Seattle needle. Like, they should have, like, thrown, like, a like, legit Kraken. Yeah, the actual Kraken in it. Right. Like, that would have been way tighter. Hmm. I agree. We can, can always bring it out. Third jerseys. Yeah, yeah, I can always bring it out. They have a chance. Yeah, sure. I've seen some type – there's some dope-ass, like, jersey schemes that they have coming, too. Like, like dude, if they rock the, those whites – the white sweaters, if they rock those with, like, white pants and white gloves – Oh my God, white gloves! Jesus Christ! Here we go. Yeah, white gloves. <laughs> I could. I'm down for the white gloves, but I don't think you go white pants. Uh, dude, like the Maple Leafs. You didn't like the Maple Leafs jerseys? They were cool for that game. The in game that was, situation. Yeah, I would definitely keep those. I love that. I love the Coke whites, baby. But the yeah, Coke whites are tight. But didn't the Maple Leafs goalie also complain that they couldn't see shit the entire game because everything was white? Sucks for them. Yeah, that sucks for them. So let's get into it. East qualifiers. Uh, let's start with this one since we already talked about it. Carolina Hurricanes, number six team in the East versus number 11, New York Rangers. Uh, KPAB, I'll ask you both who you got and in how many games. I mean, we'll kind of go over it here. Carolina beat the Caps in seven last year, made it all the way to those conference finals. Uh, looking for that magic again. Uh, New York, on the other hand, they've got a heart finalist in Panarin. Zabin and Jad's been lighting it up. A lot of question marks and goal. So I'll start here. I'm going to take the Carolina Hurricanes in five. I think the New York goalie situation is tough, but they've got enough firepower to um, push this to five games. Like we said, I think they can win two. I think Panarin and Zabinjak can show up, I think. Um, I mean, even Carolina's got a goalie situation there. Obviously, there are way two better options than the Rangers' three options they have. But, A.B., I'll start with you on this one. Um, I... Now, everyone knows I hate the Hurricanes. Um, so I, but I'm not going to let that play into effect. 
but I'm still taking the Rangers. Okay. I'm taking the Rangers in five. Um, I just think that the Rangers have two of the best players on the ice uh, in Panarin and Zibanejad. I think Zibanejad is better than anyone on the on the Hurricanes. I think Panarin – I know Panarin is better than anyone on the Hurricanes. He's um, Zibanejad, some crazy stats heard from uh, Biz Nasty on Spit and Chicklets. Uh, he actually averaged the most goals per game this year at a .7 clip, which is an unreal clip. Mm-hmm. Um, he also, I think, out was outscoring uh, the rest of the NHL by seven goals. Like since he missed like, a ton of games. For, yeah, since the All Star break, and he was and he missed a couple uh, like a shit ton of games. So he would have been – he already – if he played in every game, he would have already had 50, which is insane to think – or he was on pace for 50, which is insane to think about with, what, 13 games left for them or 11 games or however, much, however many it is. Um, so, yeah, I think I think they have the two best players. I think they have an underrated decor. Uh, Adam Fox, that kid's filthy. Jacob Trubas coming into his own as – not a superstar, but he's he's – Definitely a top four D pairing, uh, maybe even top two on some teams. Obviously, for the Rangers, he is. And I think they have the goaltending. I think they have better goaltending than the Hurricanes. Um, we That is the one thing I'll say. We always underrate mm-hmm. the goaltending from the Hurricanes. We always think they that they can't pull it off, and they keep kind of shutting everyone up. But I still do think – and Grigoriev, I think that's how you yeah, pronounce Yeah, Grigoriev, Shesterkin, and the King. Uh, yeah, like all three of those goalies you can't really go wrong with. Um, I, I think Lundqvist and his playoff record, I know he's old as shit, but I think you go with him um, just because he's been so loyal to you. He didn't want to leave mm. during this rebuild. He wanted to stick around. So you do give him the reins in that first game. If he fucks up, pull him immediately. Um, but, yeah, I just – again, I think, I think Panarin is going to be too hard – to contain, I think Zabinajad is going to be too hard to contain. And I got the Rangers in five. Love it. I mean, KP, Canes fans were pissed about this matchup because they went 0-4 versus the Rags this season. But, like, I don't think they remember that. We went 4-0 against them last season, and then they swept us in the playoffs. But, I mean, consider this. The Canes trade for Votnin. He never got to play a game, but thanks to this break, he's back. He'll also be getting back Zingle and Reimer from injury. Uh, they're just a young, loaded, dark horse team. Uh, with two goalies they can go back from. And then we're looking at New York, like AB just explained pretty well. They got the three goalies there with the two high-scoring offensive threats in Panarin and Zibinjad. So who's your pick in how many games? I got the Rangers in five. I think uh, <clears throat> what AB said, they got the offense. I, I literally have written down Panarin's going to take over. Hank's going to be a solid veteran. And they got a young decor. I think they're going to play well. I think you guys have mentioned Carolina has been a little banged up this season. They're getting guys back. I don't think they're going to be able to click and be the same team they were a year ago. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So you guys are both going Rangers. I'm going Carolina. I think Carolina is going to get it done. Uh, even though, like we said, AB, even though we fucking hate them, we'll give them some respect here. So let's get to the next one, the eight, nine matchup, Columbus and Toronto. So yeah, before we get, before we get into that, I, I mean, I'm not disrespecting the hurricanes at all. I'm just, I just, I really think Panarin's. Should oh be, yeah, yeah, should, yeah. Panarin's just the best player, but yeah, I, I didn't mean to disrespect. He's so good. Him, well, yeah. we we but we always mean to, but but yeah, we didn't, we didn't intentionally mean to on that one. Yeah. So eight nine Toronto, the home team technically versus 
the Columbus Blue Jackets coming off that sweep of Tampa last year. I mean, this, these are two teams. Let's talk about Columbus first. This is a torch team that can muck it up, as we saw last year in that Tampa series. They can grind you, wear you out, and just completely kill your game. Whereas uh, this is a Toronto team with a lot of pressure on them. I think we heard the other day, too, the first line is going to be Marner, Tavares, and Matthews. Like, it's an insanely loaded team. It's a team with a lot of pressure that if they don't get out of this round, then <laughs> I yeah, mean, they're in trouble. they've had a tough go at it. And, but I, to me, personally, this is a um, – you know, this is a Toronto team that can backfire against Columbus because that Columbus team was able to kill that Tampa forecheck last year, suck, stick them down in their own zone. But this Toronto team is built with so much speed that it's a little chip and chase hockey, as stupid and simple as it sounds, to get out of the zone, get up the ice, and get some shots on that. So, KP, I'll turn it and start with you on this one. Toronto, Columbus, I mean, who's your favorite and then how many games? It's, I think it's going to be a good one. I think it's five regardless, but I'm going uh, Leafs just to give them the whatever benefit of the doubt here. I got Leafs in four. Leafs in four games. I think they got uh, too many skilled players um, not to win this series. Columbus really just has a coach. They got a lot of young guys, but I think uh, I think the Leafs are going to pull it off. I think they might they might have a run this year. Yeah, they might have a run and beat Columbus just to lose to Boston in the first round. AB, let me ask you this: Do you think the Leafs able to play here in Toronto? Do you think that gives them any type of edge with the familiarity of the rink, the ice, the boards, uh, any of that type? It has to do a little bit, uh, considering the board play at least. Like, they know every bounce of, of that stadium. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think, yeah, it definitely gives them some type of edge. Uh, not a huge – I wouldn't say a huge one because I think teams will pick up on it fairly quickly. Um, this is a tough series. I, I think this is going to be a lot tougher than people think. Um, Toronto is obviously the more star-studded team. Uh, I think Austin Matthews, I, how long has he been in the year now, or in the league now? Four years now? Four, four or five um, years, yeah. Yeah, I mean, to be quite honest, it took He's McKinnon, established. Yeah, it took McKinnon, to, uh, like, kind of a while to get up to the top of his – like, he's kind of just breaking that top five player in the world ranking. Would you agree? Like, before – I would say before – McKinnon, last, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would say before last year – People were not considering him in the top five. And then last year happened, and he was like, oh, shit, this guy might be the second-best player in the world. Um, Austin Matthews, still not there yet. I would say he's top ten. But he is, again, like maybe next year is the year that he's like, holy shit, this guy's top five, and it's going to be McDavid, McKinnon, Austin Matthews, Jack Eichel. Right, Um, right. But I think – I mean, he's got John Tavares to lead it, lead the way there. Mitch, I mean, Mitch Marner. That line is just so un- good. Yeah, unreal. So good. Um, kind of scares. I don't even know who their second line center is, though. I, uh, I, I, like, I can't think off the top of my head. I mean, I know, I know they have Nylander on there. I don't know if he's center though or a wing. Um, I want to say they, center. They they picked up. I mean, they got Tyson Berry back there. They have Jake Muzzin. That was a great pickup. Yeah, well, they get him back now thanks to this because he had that broken hand in February. So they have, uh, they have Matthews, Tavares, Kerfoot, Ingval listed as centers on daily faceoff here. But as we like we said, we saw yesterday that they're going to do Tavares, Matthews, Marner. But, yeah, you got Mikheyev, Nylander, Hyman, Robertson, Kapanen. Oh, Hyman's pretty good. Yeah, Zach Hyman. Spezza, Spezza, Kyle Clifford on that fourth line. Oh, forgot about Spezza too. Um, so, yeah, there's – I mean, the, team, the, the roster's loaded. I mean, it's – And Freddie Anderson's a good goalie. Frederick Anderson's a great goalie. Um, they got a good backup in Jack Campbell, but I think Freddie Anderson plays decent enough in the playoffs. 
Uh, and like we said, Morgan Riley is a stud on the back end. Jake Muzzin, great pickup. Um, mm-hmm. Tyson Berry hasn't really figured it out yet, but maybe he did during this time frame. Um, but you then you look at Columbus, and, I mean, you, they don't have much on, on forward-wise. Like, they got Alex Weinberg. That, guy, that kid, he flies. Um, they got uh, Cam Atkinson. I love Cam Atkinson, the way he plays. Yeah, I kind of hope he like. Yeah, Luke Dubois, Borgstrand. Yeah, I, I, I Borgstrand's very good. I, I kind of hope that Cam Atkinson, not to get too far ahead here, but Cam Atkinson sneaks his way into a uh, Team USA roster and for the uh, Olympics Ooh. in 2022. That'd be awesome. But anyway, um, and then you look at their back end. Their back end is loaded, dude. Well, yeah, uh, you got arguably one of the best defenders in the league, and Seth Jones, and then fucking <laughs> Warensky right there with them. Yeah, Seth Jones Warensky might be one of the best defensive pairings in the league. I mean, Savard's – dude, Savard's a beast back there. Um, I just – and and then they got Elvis Merzlingas and Corpusala, who are both solid goaltenders. They both proved themselves this year. It's a Tortorella team that plays hard. They play by committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this one goes five. Um, Gam- I, on the blog series, I picked Columbus because they had the value. But I do think Toronto – does come out and win this. I think there's like almost so much pressure that they have to win this. They have and, to win this one. Plus, yeah. I I want to see them win and then just fizzle out in the first round again. They, to be honest, yeah. I think I th- I think they they come out and win. I think they win this series. I think it's gonna be a lot tougher than they think though, or than everyone else thinks. Um, like I said, my blog series I picked Columbus because of strictly because of the line. There was a lot of value for Columbus in a very tight series. I think. Um, but I can yeah. see I can see Toronto fighting back from a two-one series deficit to win it, yeah, um, or something like that. So we're all riding Toronto there. Let's go to this one. It's probably I feel like the easiest one to pick. It's number five Canadian or number five Pittsburgh Penguins versus number twelve Canadians. I'm gonna go Penguins in four just because you gotta imagine that Carey Price will steal the game. He quote uh, in an article on NHL.com said, "I need everybody to step up." Pretty much saying I can't be the only one to be doing shit here. So he's like, I need everybody to contribute here because if we're going to win more than one or two games, we're going to need to put pucks in the net here. Uh, the question on the other side in goaltending is Murray or Jari. You know, Jari had, a, I think, a way better season. And uh, depending on how training camp goes and what they're going to do in their exhibition game uh, today at 4 o'clock, it's, you got to imagine they're going to split them and see what happens because they're right into an elimination series. So maybe we'll start with you on this one. Uh, I think Tristan Jari should start. I think he will start. Uh, that guy had he had a pretty good season. Matt Murray also sucks. I will stand he on sucks. that. I, will stand I can on score on his glove hand. He is so bad. He's not so bad. Eh, he's, eh. he's so bad. Yeah, he's yeah, all right. He's, he's so, so bad. bad. <laughs> um, dude, I, yeah, this is the easiest one to pick. It's got to be the Penguins, and I I hate betting on sweeps, but I got Pens in three. Man, I think Pens will win in three. I just don't see anyone on the Canadians that can play with Crosby and Malkin. Uh, like, the, the, the only name I can think of at the top of my head right now is is Max Domi. And, I mean, they got Shea Weber in the back, but, I mean, he can't – I don't think he can carry a team to victory uh, anymore, at least. I mean, he is one of the best defensemen in the league still, I would say, but uh, – and he's very underrated because of the team that he's playing on. But, yeah, I just – I mean, I think Crosby takes over. I think Malkin takes over, especially if he's healthy. Um, and I think the Penguins' role here, especially if Jari uh, is in net. I think 
the only way that Montreal can even win one game is if Price stands on his head and Matt Murray, Matt Murray is starting and he plays awful. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, KP, what do you think? Do you, do you call it a clean sweep or do you think Price is going to get at least one for him? No, I had pins in three also. Um, <laughs> I don't think Montreal is going to have enough firepower. And I just think Crosby and Malkin are – I think they're going to come out playing hot. I think they're going to be on their bullshit playing well. And I do want to say I, I do have a little bit more confidence in Matt Murray than maybe you guys do. I think I think he he can he can steal a series too if he gets hot. And uh be nice to see. I mean we've a bad seen, team. We've seen him do that, but I mean we haven't seen him do that in like three years. Right. So yeah, I don't right. I think Matt Murray's I think I think he got lucky his first two years, to be quite honest. That's <laughs> that's just me though. I, think I was I, I was going with my picks as hopefully it jinxes him. Ah, screw him. So we're all riding Pittsburgh in that one. That's fine. Uh, that's kind of what we expect. But hey, if they lose, they lose. Wouldn't hate it. Uh, last one here, number ten, Florida Panthers. Actually, I, I would hate it because if they got that number one pick, that would. Oh fuck well, yeah. Out. Fuck that. Fuck that. All right, take that into account. So number seven, Islanders. Our old boy Barry Trotz versus number two, Carol. I mean uh, Florida Panthers, and our boy Brent Connolly. I don't know. I mean, I feel like this is a good series. It's Quinville versus Trotz. It's a team in florida that we thought was going to be way better than they actually uh i guess their stats showed um same with the islanders i mean the, the biggest question there is always can they generate offense uh trotzy and the boys are always pretty defensively responsible but the isles power play that finished 24th in the league and they had a bottom 10 offense overall i mean remember they got gene gabriel Peugeot right there before the uh the deadline so kp i this one's tough, I feel like. I feel like this is a could be a five-game series. I don't think Islanders are going to rip around with the sweep. I think they're two solid teams and two good coaches. How do you see it playing out? Uh, I got Islanders in four. Um, I've never bet against Trots. That's number one. And number two, so you're I you're betting think, against Brett Connolly? Yeah. I okay. wasn't a huge Brett Connolly fan even when he, when oh he was here. He had, a, he had a great 2018, but I don't think that guy's all that, and I don't think he's going to do anything this playoffs. He's probably going to have zero goals, so mark that down. Damn, son. Um, what, why all the hate? It's just how I think. It's how I think, man. It's my brain. Uh, Jesus. I just, I, I think Barry Trotz is going to play what you said, a defensive game. I mean, I think the Panthers do have some skilled guys, but I don't think they have the – they're going to be sh- – like goaltending is so – Barbowski is going to be their biggest – contender if he plays hot they might have a, a chance but if other he's than regular that season bob they'll ball if not yeah then, i uh, mean it's it, it's all up it's i think it's 50 50 there mm-hmm. so ab we got Boychuk and sezikis coming back from injury for the islanders who were both hurt at the stop uh florida looks like brian boyle i think he's the only one that's kind of a big name but i mean i feel like both these lineups are solid i'm looking at the Islanders lines here with Islanders Lee, Barzell, Nebelay. You got some good you got some good skill there on their back end with Letty and Boychuk. Decent uh defense. They also gonna have Capital Legend uh Simeon Varlamov starting in goal for them, I do believe. And then looking at that Panthers lineup, it's I feel like a loaded lineup with Vetrano, Barkov, Dodnov, Hoffman, Halla, Huberto, Boyle, Brent Connolly, Noel Chari, and a good back end too with Ekblad and the song man Keith Handel I mean what are your thoughts on this series I feel like it's like it's kind of got to be a pick em. yeah uh it's definitely a pick em. I think it goes five um you got two of the probably two I, I would say two of the top two coaches in the league easily yeah uh I don't I mean I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head well that NHL Instagram the other day had it as like Sullivan number one 
Yeah, fuck well, they, that. They had Todd Reardon second to last. <laughs> yeah, um, that makes sense. But fuck that Mike Sullivan, number one. Fuck no. Nah. Barry, you got Barry Trotz, who's, who's a man of preparation and knows all the ins, ins and outs of every single team before he gets into a playoff series. Then you have you have Quenville, who is gambling on horses right before games and saying, let's fucking go, boys. I mean, you got two <laughs> polar opposite coaches, but they're two very successful coaches. Um, I think Quenville lets his players play a little bit more than Trotz does. I think Trotz is more structured. Yeah, stick to the system where Quenville kind of be like, if it's working, then let's roll with it. Right, and Quenville, he kind of lets his boys play. He's going to let Barkov do what Barkov does. I mean, I think – I would say Barkov is the best player in this series. Um, I'd agree with that. I think Huberdeau is the second best player in this series, and I think Barzal will be the third on the Islanders. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the goaltending, if you're going goaltending matchups, you got Bobrovsky versus Varlamov here, I think. And before this season, I would have said Bobrovsky takes that, but he did not play well. That could have been the defense in front of him. I, um, I'm, he- I'm hearing from some Florida Panther sources that Ooh. the defense in front of him did not play well all season long. It wasn't Ooh. just Bobrovsky. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully they can pick it up. Well, maybe is this a flip-flop season for Bobrovsky where he's usually like a Vesna contender and then shits his bed in the playoffs, whereas maybe he had a rough season, now he's going to fucking ball out. That's, that's kind of what I'm banking on. I think if – this is kind of a cop-out answer, but if Bobrovsky is playing well, I think the Panthers win this series. I think it comes down to goaltending here. Um, I, but then again, you got Varlamov under the – Coaching tandem of Mitch Corn and Barry Trotz. Mitch Corn is such a legend, right? So, <laughs> Arlama probably had his best season of the his best season of his career probably this year. Obviously, as every goalie does when they're coached by Mitch Corn, it's insane that this just keeps happening. Um, I think that, like I said, the Islanders are more structured, but they don't have the firepower like the Florida Panthers do. It's kind of insane that I'm saying the Florida Panthers have firepower. Mm. Um, but, yeah, if, if the Panthers figured out their defensive struggles, I think they could beat them special teams-wise. Uh, if Bobrovsky figures out his game, I got the Panthers in five. Yeah, I think I'm going to ride that way with you, AB. Panthers in five. So we'll both go Panthers, KP on the aisles. We're all taking the Pens. We're all taking Toronto. You two are taking the Rangers. I'm taking the Hurricanes. So uh, regardless, there's hockey on today. It's, it's 4 o'clock with the Pens starting. And then I believe you've got the 8 o'clock Toronto-Columbus uh, game. No, not Toronto-Columbus. Toronto, Toronto-Montreal. And then you have a 10.30 Edmonton-Calgary game. So I'm fired up. Caps are here Wednesday. Next episode, we've got two games to break down and one being a meaningful exhibition game. Let's go. Cannot wait. Cannot wait for hockey from 12.30 <laughs> to 1.30 a.m. All day, every fucking day too bad we're not in new hampshire still where i can just easily bet on this DraftKings app it's going to be a little bit more difficult but it is what it is that's all i have i don't know if you boys got anything else no that's it for me um yeah i'm I'm just so excited i literally this feels like this feels like march madness for me yes exactly like patty kane said because it's awesome as fuck there's games on all day every day it's just hockey from it's 12 o'clock when i wake up to 1 30 a.m Mm-hmm. I guess it's, oh, it's so awesome. And then, well, sometimes it's two o'clock, but still, 
Like, I just, I just can't wait. This is awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited. I mean, just seeing clips on Twitter, I don't know. I'm getting a feeling that Kovalchuk's going to have a, a huge, huge playoffs here, boys. Dude, what? Yeah, what if Kobe came out with like four goals in the round robin series? I would shit my. Oh, dude, I would dude, be and so then Ovechkin gets his six. It's going to be oh, crazy. It's <laughs> 10 goals right there. Yeah, okay, let's end it. Let's end it with this. Name, let's name three players each who you really would want to see well like which three players do you think it could be a big name like Ovi it could be somebody surprising like Kovalchuk what three players would you want to see be most successful right here in this round robin KP Kovalchuk Haglin and Lars Eller love it uh I think I'll go I would I would like to see Ovi as one because if he, if I see him scoring six goals then I'm happy I'm gonna take another cop-out answer and I'm gonna go Kuzi because I said it first, God back it. when his, he was the very first person on the ice, and he looked so fucking good. That was my I was pick. Like, I was like, he's going to have a better playoffs in 2018. He's going to win the Conn Smythe this time. So I'm going Ovi Kuzi, and I'm going to – fuck, man. I don't know. I mean, I kind of want to – Kovalchuk's a good one. I kind of want to pick a defender, though. I would love to see Brendan Dillon just play a really good, banging physical playoff, shut down defenseman, and, yeah, just see him step out to his own and earn that contract that he wants – so badly to stay here in DC. All right, I got. Let's see. I got two cop out answers immediately. Bang. Holpe Carlson. Yeah, but that makes sense though, because as we touched on the top of the show, we need Holpe. Yeah, or we need, never now. We need Holpe, and Carlson was when Carlson was rolling. So was the team. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> our, be- is our best friend Phoenix Copley. Backstrom, yeah, right. And he plays Backstrom the third period against important. Carolina. Backstrom's being successful is very, very important. I think um, all three lines, like, or all three centers need to be playing at the top of their game for us to be successful. Um, I mean, we need to get some secondary scoring from Vrana, obviously. I think Richard Panic being on the fourth line. I mean, and between any of those, like, I think they're, they're, all, they're all great picks that we need to be successful. I guess, like, I mean, the whole my, team rolling. My three answers are just are the easiest answers. I think I'm going to go back from Carlson, Holpe. I guess. We'll take it. We'll take I it. Mean, we'd love to see, see. I would just. I just want to see the defense get it figured out. Play well. What's I need combinations. We got. But I do need Vrana. Like, I Vrana needs to score some goals. You know, like give me at least two, two out of him. Yeah. We need we need Ron to score some goals. We need we need that fourth line to. That's why I said the third line too. Third line's huge for you if you can get a third line that's buzzing, man. Yeah, and I almost thought a lot third of line, talent. I almost thought our third line looked by far the best in that first scrimmage. Yeah, I watched. Yeah, that's one thing. Cool. Real quick on Dylan that I read on Twitter, uh, Tark tweeted that. Did you know he uh, flew back to San Jose during this quarantine and then yeah. he drove drove back to DC. Yeah, yeah. Cross country, stopped in Minneapolis, skated with some of his boys. I mean. He might be feeling loosey-goosey coming into this thing, have a new fresh start. Be playing well. He's paired up with Orlov, right? Dylan, Orlov, yeah, we got Kempney and Carly back together, and then Singenthaler, Jenny. I like that. I like it because that kind of lets Orlov unleash himself a bit more because you know how he likes to push up the pace and try to to jump in. Yep, I like it. Cool, I'll fuck with it. Well, that's all we got, guys, next next episode. Uh, we'll figure it out. If we got time, we're going to try to start getting these out more often. So maybe if we can, if these, since these games are so spread out, we don't want to sit on a game and try to recap it five days later because that just makes it tough and you already know what happened. Uh, so we'll try to start getting some recaps out here after each game. If we can do some mini pods, get like 20, 25 minutes real quick. But, um, yeah, that's all I got. So peace out and uh, 
out to you guys. Peace out, boys. See ya.